Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. The soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Verisage Institute colleague Ed Kless. On today's show, folks, we're talking with the founder of File, Yash Madsudin. So, Ed, how's it going? It's going good, Ron. Glad to glad to be back at, on the show. We did our show on the road last week, but it's uh, good to be back home. Yeah, it feels like we should be on vacation for some reason, but I'm not sure why. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is in the middle of the summer, so... Anyway, let me read Yash in here. I'm looking forward to chatting with him. He's the co-founder and CEO of File, the next generation spend management platform for small and medium businesses. He is passionate about developing products and markets and has been fortunate to have been doing so for over 17 years. He's crazy about the same things we are, Ed, user experience especially, and uh, analytics, SaaS, obviously, and big data. Yash, welcome to the soul of enterprise. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Ed. Nice to be you know, talking to you. So before we get into the story of File, which we want to hear about, tell us about your background and how you got to be doing what you're doing. Sure. Um, I'm an engineer by sort of educational background, um, but um, I jumped into sales, you know, right after college. So um, being, you know, my first job was actually selling telephone lines, going door to door to small and medium sized businesses. And um, I mean, when you're a salesperson, there are a couple of things that you end up, you know, feeling extremely frustrated about. Um, Managing a CRM is one of those and submitting expense reports is the other one, right? So um, throughout my sort of journey as a salesperson, um, I've sort of, used you know many applications or you know many ways in which this process sort of gets done uh, but you could say that uh, it's that personal frustration of uh, you know spending too much time or losing money uh, when you decide that the you know time spent on it is not the money you know worth getting back uh, that's that's sort of was the starting point you know of thinking about you know uh, building something in this space uh, but it was, you know, um, both me and my co-founder Siva, uh, we worked, you know, together in, um, you know, an earlier startup, and uh, we really see, you know, this as a huge opportunity to create something that could be a standard for this generation. Uh, every sort of decade has seen a rise, and rise of one, you know, sort of, I wouldn't say just a product; it's just an experience, right? Uh, you had the desktop experience, then you had the mobile experience, and that's almost two decades old, right? Um, what's the, you know, what's the standard for this generation? So that's really what, you know, we are setting out to do at File. Uh, but it all started with um, trying to eliminate a personal frustration. So that's 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 the journey to where it got us. Oh, that's awesome. And and tell us about File's founding and and your co-founder and and how you know when did that when, when did that begin right so um Siva and i know each other for a fairly long time it's almost about yeah more than a decade uh, have same circle of friends 
uh, we worked together at our earlier startup. Uh, it's called Cubol. Uh, got acquired, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and uh, we were traveling together across the world. Um, I was again being a sales, you know, sales, and then Siva is an engineer, has a PhD in you know big data, and you know we were selling to uh, large enterprises, so it was it was more of you know um, a FaceTime based selling, right? It was uh, it, it it's. So when you are on the road, uh, you end up having you know time to think. We always wanted to start up, right? Uh, but at the same time, you end up discussing random ideas. Uh, and there was one or two things that we kept coming back again and again to, right? Which is, why is this process so bad, right? Why is this, you know, wh- why does it take you know a Saturday afternoon, uh, you know, where you should be actually spending time with family? And you're sitting with like a pile of you know receipts or hunting through your inbox searching for that one uber you know invoice or one you know flight ticket that you've booked you know on a credit card so um I, like i said the journey you know sort of began more as a way of trying to figure out if there's just a better way for us right um to solve it uh but uh learning more about you know the space um i mean we I, I was blown away when I heard or when I read SAP acquiring Concur for you know eight billion dollars, right? I mean that was that was just mind blowing for me, right? Uh, until then, I never looked at the space as uh, you know it's a massive space, right? We always felt like this this should be solved by now, right? I mean we're still talking about you know putting people on Mars, and on the other side we're <laughs> we're thinking about uh, you know submitting expense reports, so. Um, but the more we spoke about this to others in our network, it's almost like this is uh, this was the accepted fact, right? This has to be frustrating. This has to be painful. This has to be you know time consuming. And what was more interesting was people had accepted it, right? People had accepted that you know what, regardless of what we use, it is going to be this way. So you know, let's live with it. It's almost like taxes, right? We, no, sure, I can you know spend some time and figure out some stuff, but nobody likes it. Right? It's one of those things. So I think you know the more we sort of looked at it from the product point of view, we felt like I mean the experience that you know products in earlier generations built was probably awesome in that generation, right? But times have changed. What worked twenty five years ago, uh, you can't even imagine you know that it would. It would be relevant in today's world, right? Um, so, so that was sort of the starting point about, um, you know, what are the changes that you know we are seeing, you know, around us that we may not realize it, but we just experience it and we cannot live without it, right? And if you ask anybody, you know, um, and ask anyone, what is the first few words that you know come out of your mouth when you say expense management? they're probably going to say boring, frustrating, time-consuming, and I'd rather not do it, right? Uh, But the rather not do it is actually a very, very interesting part because uh, the opposite of I'm feeling frustrated about it is not I am actually loving this, right? (laughs) Nobody says, you know, I love, you know, using this product to, you know, submit expense reports. But can we create something that people can just be indifferent to? Right, which is indifferent to the process, but make sure the work gets done. Right, 
so that's that was you know sort of you know the founding sort of journey where we were just looking at this from a very different perspective of it being more of a data problem as opposed to um, you know you could say a workflow problem because software you know for the longest time was used as a way to manage a process right whether it's a crm right you say relationship management right but the emphasis is on you you do the work right um similarly other applications built you know were all about managing the process can we build something that you know put software at the center and helps people automate something else right so that's 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 how you know both siva and i started thinking about this process and uh, at the heart of it our you know our goal was to create something that did not require any human effort right or eliminates people to even think about this process so uh, we quit you know cubol uh, end of 2015 and started file around early 2016 mid you know early mid 2016 right so um when the 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 things that led to us starting was about you know just understanding this space we we related to the problem on the other side as end users um and it is actually quite funny which we always felt accountants were the enemy that they deliberately made this process so difficult that they could you know <laughs> they could save money you know for the company uh you know so that people would stop claiming you no know, reimbursements but uh it's only when we started talking to you know accountants and finance controllers and you know cfos um we realized that if there's anyone who hates this process more than sales people it's probably accountants right and we we realized that it's one of those things that's not core to anybody right a sales person's primary job is selling nobody gets a pat on the back saying hey you know what great job you submitted your expense report on time right nobody does that uh, but at the same time accountants also hate this because it's not their core job as well right there's so many other aspects of what accounting you know is that you know chasing employees for receipts you know asking them to turn things on time uh, just is just it's just draining work right and in especially in today's world where a lot of these things are expected to be you know just done people are still spending time doing a lot of these things right so i think those two you know so we could relate to that you know really well because on one hand i i was guilty of not doing my work on time right because nobody wants to spend a saturday afternoon doing it but i could empathize with how that led to a lot of manual work and a lot of frustration for accountants in the company right so we we wanted to create something that uh bridged that gap right which is a great experience for an end user should translate to you know uh, an accountant's life becoming easier simpler and more automated right again nobody likes to do this work so that's that's like the back story of how we you know ended up starting file Well, I love your your just fanatical focus on the user experience and trying to make it better. I mean, it's one of the things that blew me away when I saw a demo of your software. It allows you to use anything that you're comfortable with using, any program. And and so I just I love that focus on the user experience. And and like you said, the bar has been raised in that aspect, hasn't it? I mean, we're kind of comparing everything in the world to Amazon's one click. that's right and uh, that was a key you know sort of insight as well right because um we you know we can't expect people to learn you know new apps every 2 years 
right? Um, and especially when you you know look at you know, small businesses, mid market companies, um, there's already so much pressure, right? And uh, you can't expect them to you know spend time on training and all of this. So we we sort of thought about a couple of things. One, can we deliver a great experience which can be you know inside apps that people are comfortable with? And around the time you know we were seeing how you know, business travel was getting completely digitized. Companies were more and more, you know, comfortable buying online. So your commerce was getting more and more digitized, whether it was buying from Amazon, Home Depot, most of it has become, you know, it's, it's most of it is online today and used even then, right? So the trail is already digital, but the experience was an employee logging onto email, downloading that PDF, logging onto another portal, uploading it, spending 15 minutes entering data on it, you know, it was just broken, right? So you you mentioned about that Amazon one click. It's it's that was the experience that we wanted to bring, which is click a button inside Gmail or you know Outlook, whatever you're using, so that your job gets done, right? Nobody you know wants to do manual data entry. So let's build software that is capable of not just extracting but understanding the data it's extracting, right? So uh, it's almost like we want to be invisible. Right, it's it it's people should not use file in its sense, but experience file inside applications that they are already familiar with. They spend time on, uh, with the emphasis on the job getting done. Right, so that was the other aspect of you know why you know we 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 feel it's it's more apt for this generation as opposed to you know approaches that have you know happened in the past. Those were awesome for that generation. But we believe that uh, you know it's 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 time for you know a new standard in 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 this space, right? So that that was you know the backstory. Yeah, that's excellent. It's exactly what you did. You made it as easy as using my email or Microsoft Word or whatever you know I'm already familiar with. Well, Yash, this is great. I know Ed's got more questions for us for you, but unfortunately, we're up against our first break. And folks, we'd like to remind you if you want to contact me or Ed, send us an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com. Do check out our Patreon channel. That's patreon.com slash TSOE. That channel is now sponsored by 90 Minds. Get ahead, hire a mind. Check them out at 90minds.com. And now a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. 
for just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh Oh My Fraud. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back on The Soul of Enterprise with co-founder and CEO of File, Yash Madhusudan. And Yash, I wanted to talk to you, well, I, I, was, I was just thinking when you were talking with Ron about the, I have a, uh, I've heard this said of, uh, of particular companies and their expense reporting system that really what the expense system is, is the payment prevention team. That's the, (laughs) how can we figure out a way to not pay our bills? Right. Right. Uh, And and then of course you were, you were, you were talking about the, just uh, the the advanced technology uh, that, that is needed to do that and going to Mars. And I had a thought, I just want to run this bio. You know, I I think this is interesting. You know, in the the original star Wars movie uh, there's, there's the, the the famous scene where, where um, they hire Han Solo Right, Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan hire Han Solo to to fly the Millennium Falcon, the most advanced technology. And what's the line about? You know, it made made the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs, which is bizarre because twelve parsecs is a distance. It's not a it's not it's a time. Not but anyway, but that's beside the point. But I just thought, always to have found it interesting that here here we are in a galaxy long ago in a in a in a time far far away, and it was extraordinarily. Uh, di- you know, with this with this incredible advanced technology, but they didn't figure out Uber. They had to go to a bar <laughs> to to hire the transportation, <laughs> right? So, it, it, isn't it interesting that sometimes the most mundane, and this, this is my point, and what I want like to get your feedback on, the most mundane of things is the thing that has the, the, the most potential value to create value for people. I, f- I find that fascinating. So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, um, I think, you know, before, you know, things become, you know, to a point where it cannot get simpler, it goes through a series of, you know, iterations and those iterations can last even, you know, few, you know, few years, right? So sometimes an idea has, you know, is way ahead of its time. Sometimes an idea is just at that time, but that happens when multiple other ideas have sort of iterated on its behalf, right? So I think, uh, you know, simplicity has to match what people expect at that point in time as well, right? Otherwise, you, 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 you have the burden of explaining how simple it is, right? Um, and I think that, you know, is very, very important for any, you know, product company, you know, taking on, uh, you know, incumbents where 
there's the burden of explaining that it sh- it need not be this way that it can be so much more simpler because people have accepted that you know sort of complexity right and when things don't change and and we we are in an industry where uh, things technology advancement moves sort of moves slower when i say moves slower adoption moves slower because uh, you know accounting you know especially in small medium business even large enterprises right um, the practice hasn't changed a lot but the processes you know tools have sort of evolved you know on top of each other over time right but what we are referring to is when there is a process that people already feel that it is you know it's cumbersome but you know it's it's painful it's you know manual uh, and when it isn't the product that's claiming because what people feel it's they're just claiming this you know i want to see proof before you know i can adopt it and the proof comes from let's say you know thousands of companies already using it right so it's i think that point where people believe it's actually simple but it's been it's been there for a while right so like i said it can be simple it can get to a point but the burden of explaining that simplicity you know is on the adoption as well right so i think uh, uh that's that's basically what you know happened so it took it took a long time for companies to you know figure out the mobile sort of ecosystem right this is a great example right people always believed the you know iphone was a toy a large number of incumbents ridiculed it saying hey you know what it's they're not going to they're not going to last for more than a few years right uh but where is blackberry today where is nokia today right you have only two incumbents today you have android and ios but what they did was they changed that entire experience and made people believe that i will not accept anything lesser right and that's the real reason for the demise of the blackberries and the nokias of the world right they believe that that is not going to you know be adopted or that's not going to get adoption but people love that experience so it's just that matter of time where people start believing that hey, you know what i should not be spending time on this when i say people it's both end users as you know more importantly accountants i should not be spending time on doing this you know i need this to be automated um and i think that's the connection between you know that simplicity and you know people believing that it's actually possible yeah i love that the the burden of explaining how simple it is that's such a it's a that's a powerful phrase and it, it, you know in a sense it, it you're talking about the iphone and and um, i recall it was there's a, a quote by steve balmer you know with the, where he he made fun of it as you said you know it's what 100,000 ways to access the internet right that's what he yeah. called the app store at some point but you know yeah. it wasn't i think a year later that steve balmer was gone from microsoft Yep. And probably fairly telling because of that. I want to talk a little bit about your the, the the machine learning. Your your software uses a tremendous amount of machine learning. But but first, let's set this up. Uh, what is machine learning? I, I, explain it to a, a non engineer. What is the concept of machine learning? Right. So um, it's a way where software you know can pro, you know sort of automate a certain repetitive sort of tasks based on it learning from past instances right so it it it's as simple as that right where uh, it's again very very contextual so you know you you have to you know focus on that one task alone and use data that you have you know uh, use data from past learning experiences and apply that learning to automate you know certain patterns over time right so 
we see this every day right whether it is captcha that's a it's a it's an awesome example of machine learning right how people when they see characters on screen they enter it and the system is basically telling that hey you know what when this character comes up it actually is you know this letter right so that's that's basically what we you know we see and use machine learning practically in you know everyday life uh, but yeah in in the context of expense reporting uh, if you sort of break it down to there are three parts to it right one is uh, employees are given credit cards by the company so in return they expect a certain amount of you know uh, information right that information ranges from a receipt to adequate information about how does this expense needs to be accounted you know does it belong to a project does it belong to a client is it billable non billable so on and so forth that is dependent on that you know individual but there's a lot of other information that's just there right like data from the transaction you know you get a lot of data like transaction amount date merchant name location it's not um, completely structured but you can make enough sense of it you know when you when you see that amount in a very very large you know sort of volume right similarly receipts right every sort of receipt whether it's paper or electronic is has a very similar structure to it they're not same every you know system that generates a receipt or an invoice generates that in a different way but it has certain common patterns and elements right there's a date there is the merchant name there is the amount there's a tax number there are certain items that cost x amount right so uh, when when you look at these two as your data unstructured data right um ocr is a way to extract raw information from that piece of let's say receipt right but what's what really matters is when you learn from literally millions of receipts you should be able to tell with a high amount of confidence that uh, you know the amount at the bottom of that paper is actually the total amount you know the amount at the top left you know corner on the top right corner is actually a date which can be represented in different ways right in the us it is you know uh, month first day next and year it's it's that way but if you come to this part of the world it is you know it's day month and year right uh, if you're in singapore the dollar represents a singapore dollar if you're in australia the dollar you know sign represents australian dollar and you go to the us the dollar is the us dollar right so but what is driving that decision making it's actually the location so is the location you know uh, printed on that receipt it is usually right where the you know location is or where the business is located there's a street name or a, you know a, a zip code you know or even a city present right so when you look at these pieces of information you know uh, in an unstructured form you can actually build you know uh, you know technology that is capable of understanding these different elements right and extracting that with a high degree of confidence so that people don't have to spend time sitting and entering you know data looking at a receipt right and today it is is you know it's it's actually possible because you have an you have access to an insane amount of computing power you know thanks to you know cloud computing aws and so on so you can learn constantly you know uh, based on what people are you know submitting people are you know uploading so machine learning in a sense is again at a very high level it's probably just buzzword right but at the heart of it it is what it is capable of doing for people right which is you know 
uh, eliminating the need for them to spend a Saturday afternoon entering data against a you know form or a paper receipt, right? So um, that's that's how we you know sort of view this, right? And like I said, it's very very contextual. What uh, what applies or what learning you get in one context, uh, unless you have the required amount of data, you cannot you know you cannot use that in a different context, right? So so that's that's how we you know, sort of uh, see this. Yeah, like a receipt that came, comes in from from discount tires is clearly for tires. Something that comes in from Luigi's Italian restaurant is Luigi is is a restaurant. Right. But something that comes in from Vito's service, well, is that a is that a is that a restaurant or is or is is yeah. that a is that a, a a place where you where you have your car serviced? Who knows? Right. Um, right. The, but so but are machines getting better at even figuring that kind of stuff out even from contextual maybe like what's on the in the, the receipt let's say i i think so right i mean i think uh you know um there are various you know machine learning frameworks that have you know come up in the recent past that is capable of you know um you know writing a book you know let's say right which is uh, again you 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 share a plot and you know you have a gpt3 algorithm just write an entire book right but when you come to you know practical application it all depends on the availability of data Right. So if there are enough, you know, the receipts that basically say that this is actually a car service station and not, you know, mm. uh, a food, uh, then that's possible. Right. So the challenge is getting the volume and the access to, you know, sort of data so that machines can start making sense of it. Right. Uh, so that's the distinction. Right? Gotcha. It, it's gotcha. still driven by people, but, right. you know, machines do the heavy lifting. Yep. Yep. Well, we are up against our next break. Want to remind you, you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows at thesoulofenterprise.com. The Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE, is sponsored by our friends at 90 Minds. But also, at a certain level, if you're a patron, you can get a shout-out like Mark Gandy did at CFO Bookshelf. Listen to his podcast at cfobookshelf.com. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here at the co-founder of File, Yash Matsusutin. And Yash, I, you were talking to Ed about machine learning, and it's not every day we get a software engineer on the soul of enterprise. I just have to ask you, because I just read this pretty fascinating article in The Economist on artificial intelligence, talking about foundation models. Is This is something I'm sure you're aware of, because it's a big topic right now in AI. Well, you know, first I'm, you know, I'm not the you know, software engineer at file. I'm, you know, I'm the salesperson, right? So I, I sell right. tech that, you know, my, you know, my, my awesome team builds. Uh, but again, you know, just to sort of, you know, reiterate what I mentioned earlier, uh, in, in the business that we are in, right, um, whatever advancements that are happening in the AI world, AI world or machine learning world, uh, by the time it reaches uh, you know, customers, consumers in a, in a way that they can experience it, right? Um, none of these, you know, sort of matter, right? What people care about is how is it going to make my, you know, uh, life easy, right? For example, Google Maps uses a ton of machine learning and AI, right? But people don't care. They just want to know where they need to take a right turn, where they need to take a left turn. And right. when there is, you know, when there's like a, you know, dead end at the end of the road, right? So uh, I think, you know, from, from that perspective, uh, when we build products focusing on let's say small businesses and you know um, specific personas that uh, are are yet to adopt tech at the same sort of pace as let's say a marketing tech or you know um, sales tech right i mean if you look at the mar- marketing and sales tech there's a ton of ai and machine learning that people talk about all the time whether it's conversational intelligence or you know um, figuring out whether your sales rep has you know, uh, spend three minutes, you know, uh, more than what they should be in closing a sale, right? So the the point I'm trying to make is at the end of the day, um, building, you know, tech for small businesses is all about what making them believe what they can accomplish with and making them believe that it's, it's, it's right to invest in it and get ahead of it, right? Because a lot of times we are selling the why, why we should be, why you should, you know, think about this, why you should invest in this, why you should be, you know, buying this, right? And I'm going back to, you know, the earlier topic about simplicity. When people are used to certain things being difficult and frustrating, they accept it, right? And no amount of machine learning or AI is going to make them change their mind, right? What will make them change their mind is a let's say a fellow accountant, you know, actually telling them that hey, you know what, this is awesome, right? I'm saving you know ton of time for my customers. I'm adding value to my customers. I'm no longer you know chasing you know my clients for receipts. You know, I'm using the time to give them you know uh, you know advice on how and where they should be spending or how they should be controlling money, right? So that is what i believe you know should be the real impact of you know all the advancements that are happening in you know in the world of ai or machine learning right which is impact right people talk less about impact on what it means to the end customer and more about you know the the technology and you know all of it uh, customers don't care right? ultimately it boils down to experience again going back to experience we start with that and we have to figure out what does it take for us to deliver that right it could be ai it could be machine learning whatever it takes right but it should start from how simple it is, you know, for the end customer. And we work backwards from there. 
whatever it takes, right? So, and you know, you were talking to Ed about you mentioned Nokia and BlackBerry, and I'm just curious. You know, you've you've got this phenomenal product. You've thought a lot about the user experience, making it really simple. How do you continue on that innovation curve so you don't end up, you know, out of date like Nokia or BlackBerry? I mean, how do you think about that just philosophically about staying, you know, one step ahead? Uh, a great, you know, a great point, you know, to talk about, right? So one of the things that we've learned and learned the hard way is, uh, you know, it's not about the product, right? Uh, we actually tell, you know, people, you know, at the company that do not care about the product, right, that we're building, because that's a temporary phase. The product is always in a temporary phase, right? What matters is how people perceive the problem. As long as uh, what we are building, and that's a continuous phase, right, what we are building uh, matches with what customers, you know, problems they believe our product will solve, Right. That's always the key, right? There should be a match between these two. Uh, so if we get too obsessed about the product that we're building now, uh, we get too close to it, right? So the more closer we are to the customer's understanding of the problem, that is when we can, you know, we, we give ourselves a better shot at not, you know, uh, not failing, right? There's still no guarantees, right? But uh, by being closer to how customers perceive the problem, how customers, you know, see the problem should be solved, right? Uh, and sometimes, you know, um, uh, customers may not know that this is possible. So again, the burden of explaining how this can be actually done, you need not be spending time doing this, falls on the product as well, right? But ultimately, it needs to resonate with the problem that they're facing. Some people are aware, some most people aren't. Right? So the product should do the job of making folks who are experiencing the problem aware that it can be solved. Right? And I think that's how one can stay relevant constantly by just being obsessed about the problem and less about the product we are building now, because it's always in a you know, sort of an ephemeral state. I love that because, like you say, the product is it's just a means to an end, right? The end is giving them the power to solve that problem. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Yash, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs, given your experience and your journey? Well, I mean, I, I don't find, you know, myself, you know, uh, you know, on the other side giving advice, but I think there've been a lot of learnings for us, you know, in our journey, right? As, as founders, we've, we've learned a ton, you know, uh, we've made tons of mistakes in terms of, you know, how to approach the product, how to approach the, you know, market, uh, you know, as a company, you know, we, we've, we've, we entered the US market, you know, a couple of years ago, right. But today we are seen as, you know, one of the fastest growing, you know, emerging products that can challenge incumbents in the space, right. And it's all because of customer love, right. And I think uh, talking to what customers are, or listening to what customers are not saying is probably the biggest lesson we've learned, right. Uh, there are a lot of times where they're experiencing a pain point, but they're not communicating or they're not being vocal about it, right? But as a founder or as an entrepreneur, if we are capable of listening to what people are not saying and they just, you know, they just accept what they're, you know, experiencing, that is a huge potential for any, you know, entrepreneur to solve that problem, right? Because uh, that makes all the difference. 
Um, so I think that that is one you know thing that I would you know we've we would say that we've learned the hard way by you know talking to so many accountants and in 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 all the in all sort of conversations it sort of came across that they just accepted it right now how do you how do you break that right what can you do to make them believe that there is a better way I you know so I think figuring that out first um, as to what needs to be done is probably another, you know, uh, way to succeed a lot faster, right? So for us, we've, 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 we've hustled our way through where we are today, but today we're sort of having a bunch of tailwind on our, you know, on our side, which is making people believe that, hey, you know what, if you have expenses that you need to be tracked, just use file, right? So it can't get as simple, you know, simpler than using text message to file an expense. Right. So things like that, which, you know, make people talk about it, right? And when people talk about it, they're not really talking about the product. They're really saying how smart they are for not spending too much time on it. And I think that's what we want to do, right? So to make people feel like they are the superheroes and not us. And we want to stay that way, right? It's all about, you know, how customers feel when they use our product to solve the problem that they deeply care about. I love it. The customer is the hero in your story. That's wonderful. Uh Yash, what's next for file in you? What, what do you see coming down the right. future? Right. So I, I, we, we always started file, you know, uh, you know, with not with the you know intent of building yet another you know expense management software. Right? I mean, there are tons of tons of those, right? Uh, but if you look at it, you know, there are very few products that you can call them generational products, right? Uh, you know, category creators, experience creators. We view ourselves as, you know having the opportunity of creating such a standard for this generation where people should not think about this process at all, right? So a key aspect that we've, you know, sort of, you know, solved recently is uh, getting access to real-time transaction data on any credit card, right? And we started the show by talking about, you know, um, there's a way of, you know, solving this problem by just issuing credit cards. But small businesses don't want to change their credit cards. They're happy with the credit cards that, you know, they already have. So what do they really want? They want better experience, right? So we've sort of built that where we are able to deliver that real-time visibility uh, on cards that they already have, right? And when they do that, uh, they can use everyday applications like, you know, simple text message. So if, if a salesperson is going, going to, let's say, Starbucks and buying coffee, the moment they swipe their card, they get an SMS saying, hey, you just, you know, spent... Uh, you know, 10 bucks at Starbucks, reply with the photo of the receipt. So there is context, there is data, and there is intent as well, because they're still waiting to get the coffee. So what better time than just click a picture and reply to that text message and be done with it, right? So that's, that's, that's the way we are thinking about this, where it has to be as simple as it can possibly be, right? Where people don't have to think about it. And going back to what I said, that is the simplicity for today, what people can relate to. And, you know, with time, we will figure out, you know, what else is there, you know, that can be even more simpler. That's awesome. Well, Yash, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Ed's going to take you the rest of the way home. And I just wanted to say thank you. Folks, I'd like to remind you, if you want to contact me or Ed, send us an email to asktsoe at barrisage.com. Do check us out at rate this podcast slash TSOE and give us a rating and uh, we will read it on the air. And now we want to hear from our sponsors and Ed's employer, Sage. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh, oh My, my fraud. fraud. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, we're talking with CEO and co-founder of File HQ, Yas Madhusan Sudan. I'm sorry. And uh, Yash, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the, the emergence of your company. Two things happened significantly in, 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 in 2019 and then 2020. And just get your reaction. One, you took some outside investment. Did that change the organization at all? Um, it brought in more focus in terms of, you know, how do we how, how do you build a business that is you know, um, you know, focused on scaling fast, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it also brought a lot of focus in terms of which market that we need to you know, actually be, you know, selling to, right? Uh, until 2019, early 2020, we were predominantly um, in India, right? Where most of our customers had, and we built a product uh, that was actually used by literally hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, but in 2020, uh, we sort of shifted focus um, and decided to enter the US market. And uh, that's when, you know, uh, the COVID, you know, sort of pandemic started, right? Um, in hindsight, I, I believe it turned out to be a blessing in disguise for us, right? Because the period between March 2020 to July, August 2020, uh, people weren't buying at all, right? So the, the economic activity was like, you know, absolutely nil. But people had time, people were remote, people were at home, so they needed that interaction. So we ended up talking to hundreds of accountants, right? Uh, they were obviously not buying, 
but they gave us time, which we're very, very grateful for, right? So we we sort of had to recreate aspects of how we had built the product to suit how customers in the US would, uh, you know, would actually, what their, their understanding of the problem they had, right? So that six months gave us a lot of time to build a product that, you know, we could actually sell right in the in, in the US. So I think that that was the a big big moment for us, you know, in uh, in in our company. And at the same time, you have also even decided, I guess, it's post COVID to go completely remote. Is that correct? As an that organization, and how's that, that working out for you, just from a leadership management standpoint? Because the, the 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 feedback that we get about it, and Ron and I are big believers in the results only work environment. But the challenge then becomes, how do you uh, get people involved in the culture of your your firm, which is extraordinarily strong as well? So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I think uh, you know whether it is a remote first company or whether you have people at the office, um, a company has to invest in building culture, right? And culture is at the end of the day a set of shared values that people ex- exhibit experience every day right it's about how people feel when they you know when they start working when because at the end of the day what is a company right it's 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 people working with each other right and uh, founders can only do you know a few things but it's ultimately you know people that you've you know that you've come together with mm-hmm. they they collectively define the culture of the company and that's like a it's 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 sort of a journey right it there's no hey this is exactly our company culture every new person that comes to the company um has their own unique experiences that have that has made the person they are today right? and they add to that culture as long as that is additive it it works really really well and like i said whether it is remote or in person uh, companies have to invest in building defining that culture acknowledging hey this is this is what we believe, you know, uh, is what it takes to you know, actually work at five, right? And defining that, talking openly about, you know, uh, what values, values in very simple senses, just behavior traits, right? That make any decent human being, right? As long as we are able to adhere to those common values um, and we openly talk about it because to make any relationship work, you have to put work at it, right? You have to put work on, you have to work at it. Right, and you end up spending a significant amount of time working with your coworkers. So, if you are not going to put in that work to build that, you know, sort of right environment for everybody, um, it's not going to happen, right? And I think that is something that both uh, you know me and my co-founder have sort of worked really, really hard at, and something that we are proud of to have, you know, team members that um, have contributed immensely to building, you know, a very inclusive, you know, transparent, you know, culture. Uh, where people are comfortable to talk about uncomfortable things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that and and it's 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 when times are tough is when culture you know sort of stands out, right? When it's it's that's the true test of you know culture, right? Um, so that's that's our view of it, right? Where uh, we have to work at it, we have to work at it constantly, and we sort of learned from some of the you know learnings that people had shared openly on the net. You know, GitLab is a prime, you know, is a big example of how, you know, they've invested in building a remote first culture. We had done that, but in the physical world, but when we had to transition, we used learnings from companies that had done before. And we sort of created everything, you know, um, inspired by some things, but also, in, you know, created something of our own. But at the heart of it, it is, you know, transparency, mutual respect, and, uh, you know, um, just making sure that, 
uh, we are driven by you know being a customer first you know company right and when i say customer first it's the problem first attitude where we're constantly thinking about whatever we are doing is it solving the problem for the customer right and when 100 people share the same obsession uh, that's when magic happens it's it's so interesting because i think there's so many people are just like what what's what's the technique what's the tool what's the thing that i need to do in order to build a remote cu- culture and because uh, i I've, I've been asked that question a lot and i and i, I think the answer there, there's not there's nothing no tricks i mean people think that there's some kind of a trick to it <laughs> It's like hard work. well, if you have these, if you have like these thirty-minute conversations on odd Fridays and invite everybody, <laughs> like that's going to suddenly change your culture. Yeah. It's not. It's the it's the interactions that happen every single day, on a daily basis that can continue to inculcate trust. So, yeah, just uh, th- thanks for sharing that with you because I think that's such a, an important thing for a, lo- a lot of our audience here. I'll give you a chance to react to that a little bit. No, no, absolutely. Because if 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 you take care of that. No, you can be confident that you know your team members, you know, are you know one hundred percent focused on you know the customer, right? Because everybody wants you know uh, when they're working, they need to have a sense of belonging and a sense of achievement, right? Um, that's the heart of building great culture, right? You have to give, you have to have an environment that makes people feel like they are achieving something constantly. They are that they belong, you know, with people that they are working with. And as long as you know people have that feeling, they will continue to believe in all the you know things that you know uh, we are going after, right? And some of it might be just a pipe dream, but people, it's only you know when you have the dream is when you can work towards achieving that, right? So I think, and you can't do it alone. You need a peop- you need an entire you know army of people who believe that you know. Um, and I think we've been incredibly lucky to you know have. Uh, an an amazing team that you know sort of is so um so so obsessed about solving this problem for our customers. So I'm very grateful, you know, for it. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Well, you're starting to get a lot of a lot of good press, especially here in the the U.S. Your folks were at at uh, scaling new heights last week, where Ron and I were at, and we could tell you that your booth was buzzing. So that's uh, that, that that's got to be uh, helpful for you. Um, just it it you, the plans just continue to expand in the U.S. at this point. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, I think we are at a, you know uh, we started the segment by you know talking about an interesting time. I think we are at a very very you know sort of key moment for us as a company, and more more from an industry standpoint. Um, there's a lot of you know change happening in the industry where you know, people are vacating you know segments and you know products are you know um, no longer catering to certain segments, and that's the segment that we can dominate, right? And I think it's an incredible opportunity, you know, for us to. Um, you know, go after the space and make people believe that you know uh, they they should not be spending time on this process, right? So I think uh, I think it's an exciting you know uh, you know time ahead for us. Absolutely. Well, we should also mention, Yash, we want to, want to thank you for being part of the Solar Enterprise family as previous sponsor of the show. We really appreciate the the, the work that we've uh, that you've done done with us as well. Uh, Ron, we're uh, ready to to, to uh, sign off for the week. It's a, another another good show. Yeah, I'm happy, Ed. I'll see you uh, in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at noon Pacific time. In the meantime, check us out at thesoulofenterprise.com. Also, you can contact Ed or me at ask. TSOE at verisage.com. 
Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend.